1: Mormons believe in Jesus. So I'm talking about Jesus and him crucified on the cross. Did not talk about repentance, heaven or hell. Jesus talked about hell a lot. And it was all, as um, I would say, cotton candy. And you know what cotton candy is like. Cotton candy, you put in your mouth, sweet, but it just evaporates. It doesn't even go down your esophagus. It tastes great, but it does nothing for you. It doesn't fill you.
0: Any teaching that takes away Jesus' authority or says He isn't God is false. Any teaching that says there are other gods besides the one true God is false. There is one God, the Creator of all the heavens and earth, and through His Son's sacrifice alone is the only way into heaven. You'll get to hear a strong warning from Pastor Eddie today to be aware of any teaching that says otherwise, because any other teaching is false. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 1, as he continues his message Warnings Against False Doctrine.
1: You know, there are pastors who've been ex prisoners, murderers. Drug dealers, drug addicts. One is uh, Pastor Mike McIntyre, who's always been my mentor. Since I was 15 years old, I used to listen to him on the radio. had the opportunity of meeting him later in life and now have a relationship with him as far as, you know, I still call him pastor. He'll call me, he'll say, oh, call me. i call him pastor. But he was heavy into drugs. He was one of the hippie guys that got saved with Chuck Smith. When one repents and surrenders their lives to Jesus Christ, that person's sinful history is completely erased by the blood of Jesus Christ. And now after that, when you accept Jesus, you're now added to the family of God. There's your genealogy. What's your genealogy? Oh, let's look at Matthew. (laughs) And it leads to Jesus Christ. I am now a son of Jesus Christ because that's the genealogy that matters. We've been grafted in. Titus chapter three, verse nine, Paul says, but avoid foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and useless. I love Paul. (laughs) Endless genealogies, these genealogies means nothing. The only genealogy that matters is given to us and listed for us in the Bible from Genesis chapter 5 in the Old Testament before the flood, it leads all the way up to and it connects with Matthew and the book of Luke, the genealogies of the Messiah. That genealogy is the most important of them all. That's why some people always ask the question, Well, why well, did Cain get his wife? Who cares? We know it's probably going to be a sister, but you don't understand. The Bible cannot give everyone the lineage of every person that exists. The Bible was only focusing on one genealogy, the seed of the woman who would come and be birth of the children of Israel. And he is the promised Messiah, the savior of the world, your king, your Lord, and mine. That's the genealogy that matters. So people get all caught up in that. But what that does also, it causes disputes, foolish things, fables, myths. Genealogies—all it does is causes disputes. That's what Paul says here, and the reason why these things cause dispute is because it's not godly, and it's not biblical, unless you're pointed to Jesus' genealogy. Other than that, that's the reason why it causes dispute, because whatever the topic is is man-made, is either fictional. It is the Word of God that binds us and unites us together in agreement. We have this kononia, the word, the Greek word konania is fellowship. We have something in agreement. Jesus Christ and the Word of God. There can't be no disputes there. Now granted some people dispute the Word of God. Even Paul says, What are you disputing? You know, find the truth. Rightly divide the word of truth and divide the word of God and seek the scriptures to find the truth. But Paul writes here in the end of verse 4, So it causes disputes rather than godly edification. Disputes does not promote order in the house of God. And this is what Paul is writing. This is the purpose of this letter to bring structure, to bring order. And some of the things that divide a church, some of the things that causes a problem is false teaching. And that's why Paul has to address this head on. The focus of the believer's life and the church must be clear and of sound doctrine found in the word of God. It is not in human speculation or genealogies. If you're approached by someone that starts talking about fiction, myths, endless genealogies, or you get into a conversation where today's topic, and I'm going to go there, COVID vaccine politics, you see, all it does, it causes dispute. That's all it does. Now, it's one thing to give information. It's amazing how everybody became a doctor overnight in a year or two. Everybody's got a medical degree. It's, it's a clear plaque on the wall. But leave it alone. Everybody already knows. How much can you talk about <laughs> COVID mask and vaccine? How much can you talk about that? People are people all day searching the web and... Bringing in the house of God, and, you know this is why I tell my leaders, listen, that's enough. That needs to stay outside. Yay. We we come in here, we get, we want to erase. I mean, I don't watch sports because of these things. <laughs> you know, you want to get away from these things, and when you come to church, you want to glorify God, you want to be fed, you want to be encouraged, you want to worship God. All you hear is about whatever's out there. It's one thing to be informed. It's another thing when all you're interested in, all your conversations, surrounded around that. And it's just a cycle. There's nothing new. There's nothing new. <laughs> I want to save you from COVID. I want to save you from politicians and the government. You know, bring it to Christ that they would be saved if we enter into eternal damnation. I May mean, you save and go into heaven. That's what it should be all about. Someone approaches you, you know. I like what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. He says, for I determine not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's all I want to know. You're not telling me anything new. All right? You're not going to change. I have my views on it, and I have made my decision. You want to have a serious conversation where we could change and encourage one another? Nothing but Jesus. Let's talk, preach, teach, encourage each other about Jesus. Now, the purpose and the reason for this charge is obviously centered around love. It's around love. We do not want our brothers and sisters in Christ who we love so dearly to drift away from the gospel, and from the word of God, from biblical doctrine, and get all caught up into fables, endless genealogies, and false doctrines. And so Paul loved the church of Ephesus as he does with all the churches. Remember, that's what he said in Acts chapter 20, verse 31. Remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone day and night with tears. That's how much Paul loved the church. In all the churches. It's because of love. And that's what true love does. Love. So let's read verse 5. He says, now, the purpose of the commandment is love. False doctrines, fables, and the genealogies bring dispute, while a charge of correction and rebuke brings love. Because we love. Because we care. We want To show those and tell those who are teaching false prophecies or false doctrines and fables, hey, let's stick to the word. Let's stick to the word. Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 34, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Of all the commandments, love is the greatest of them all. It's the greatest. Jesus said in Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40, Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So he says in verse five, now the purpose of this command is love. From a pure heart, from a good conscience, from a sincere faith. A beautiful trilogy that Paul gives us here is the fruit of a sincere true love. A pure heart, a good conscience, and sincere faith. Now in the Bible, when it comes to the heart, it describes who a person is in the inside. It's the core of who you are. When a person is born again, he has been cleansed from sin and transformed by God. This will produce a pure heart. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart. Now you may say, wait a minute, I don't have a pure heart. And I'm sure the guy next to me doesn't have a pure heart. (laughs) I like what John Corson said, you know, he always gives the greatest illustrations. He says, you know, all soap, like bar soap is clean. All soaps are clean. When you go to the aisle where the bar soaps are located, they're all clean. They're all going to clean you. But there's only one soap that is 99.99 pure. It's ivory soap, right? I say all clean, but you know, positionally, we have a pure heart because Christ is in it. Practically, it needs some work. But it's those who have a pure heart. And we have a pure heart. We have a love for one another that when they fall into false doctrines, We love them so much. We don't want to veer off or go astray. We want them to know the truth. Secondly, a good conscience. It is what God gives by his spirit that allows us to discern the difference between God's way and man's way. So discernment, discerning what they're teaching. Is it true? Is it biblical? You just could ask a question. And listen, brother or sister, you said something. I just want to make it clear what you were saying, I want to understand, then you have discernment after you have a nice little discussion, and you know, you rightly divide the word of truth in love, and you encourage one another, so it's discernment, and we need discernment, so that way we can correct one another in the truth of the gospel, not outside teaching, false teaching, false doctrines, then there's a sincere faith. It's a genuine faith. Speaking about a faith that's genuine, unlike the false teachers, they did not have a sincere faith. They did not have a sincere faith. When one just talks and does no walking, there's no fruit. It is a genuine trust. To have a sincere faith is to have a genuine trust and confidence in God and in his word. So we're to have a sincere faith and when we correct one another in love. This is the heart, but it's all about love. It's not for us to say, well, listen, I know the Bible more than you, and you're wrong. Usually when I hear something that's I never heard before, I like to give people the benefit of doubt. You know, I might be wrong. <laughs> I mean there's some things that are not wrong. Jesus is God, he died on the cross me, you know, just the basic of doctrine and theology. But when someone has a different view, I like to see what their views are, and what they're teaching, because they might be right. Or, as I listen, I'll know what's being taught out there. now I'm learning these false teachings that are out there, and I could go home and study a little bit more. And so it's important for us to share with one another in love. You know, when we find people are teaching wrong, or they have false views about God and relationships and things like that. So this is what the Bible says. And out of love, not because you know more than anyone. Nobody knows the Word of God. The more I learn, the more I know I know nothing. <laughs> you know? And we need to do it out of love, not to be we, we know everything. Because the Bible tells, us, be careful when you correct those who fall, because lest you might fall yourself. Let us love with a pure heart and a good conscience, with a sincere faith, correcting one another in love verse 6 and 7 Paul goes on to say for which some having strayed for which some having strayed why have these strayed away well obviously they veered off the word of God they veered off from the gospel obviously they didn't have a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith they cared about themselves and sharing their false doctrines they wanted to be right they wanted to be their way and this is why they strayed away, from which some, having strayed away, have turned aside to idle talk. Because they have strayed away from the gospel, they have turned to idle talk, meaning meaningless discussions, which is speaking of the fables, endless genealogies, and other doctrines. You're veered off from the truth. Listen, I don't know about you, but the word of God is powerful. It's alive. It's alive. And I don't know about you, but I get blown away every time. There are times when I've actually studied and taught something maybe three or four times, but I come and I come across maybe commentary or another book, or I just meditate on something, I do further research, I'm learning something new. You could read Shakespeare. Know it by heart. It doesn't change. You could read from the greatest literature, those who write incredible books once you read it that's what you get but the word of god is the only one the only book that actually you can read and it blows your mind every time you open it up It's i read this passage a hundred times because it's alive it doesn't need my power or does not need me to beef up the sermon in any way i don't need to have you know illustration or little act or display up here it's a shame. Uh, some people, new churches and preachers, they want to give illustration. I know one pastor gave an illustration. He came down the zip line. What he taught? I have no idea. And then I know another, he was messing with drones. And drones all over the church, like three or four, shh, you know, say, wow. I say, wow, great. <laughs> I know people are going to remember when they get out of church, what did you learn? I don't know, but I'm going to get that drone. One pastor, you know, that was doing worship, but there was a tent, like a camping tent on the center of the stage. At the end of worship, he came out of it. He was in there all that time. <laughs> and he was just talking for almost 30 minutes, 30 minutes about camping. Finding all kinds of ways to entertain people. They're not being fed the word of God. They're being entertained. How I many of you watch TV, a lot of TV. I'm on to zero right about now, because I sit there, and all those hours wasted. What has it done for me? I don't know. Catching up, I don't know, the episode, season 250, episode three of I don't know what. Nothing. And now the church is becoming like that, where you actually can't even open up and now read the Bible, see what it's telling you. So when you go home... We finished 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, and I hope some of you, when you come across that book, you already know, because you have your notes. You have been, you know what it's talking about. And from there, it builds up in your knowledge and your relationship and your faith with God, because you're continuing to learn that book. And you don't need, I don't need bells and whistles, and I thank God for that. I don't need to give you my stories. I thank God for that. My life is boring anyway teaching the word of God, sticking to the word. It doesn't need you to beef it up. It doesn't need you to try to get some ideas and catch the people and tickle the ears. It doesn't need that. I remember I listened to a famous motivational speaker. Sorry, he was a preacher, but he was a motivational speaker in my opinion. And, you know, I know of his teaching, big on TV, big stadium, right? And I said, well, let me give this guy the benefit of the doubt. Let me sit down and listen to this guy for myself. And I watched three full sermons, if you want to call it that. Three full sermons, and all it did was tickle my ears. There was no mention of Jesus Christ, him crucified. Jesus, yes. But remember, (laughs) there's a lot of Jesus out there. Mormons believe in a Jesus. So I'm talking about Jesus and him crucified on the cross. Did not talk about repentance, heaven or hell. Jesus talked about hell a lot. <laughs> and it was all, as um, I would say, cotton candy. And you know what cotton candy is like. Cotton candy, you put in your mouth, sweet, but it just evaporates. It doesn't even go down your esophagus. It's, it tastes great, but it does nothing for you. It doesn't fill you. It's artificial, it's all sugar, it's all sweet, it's tickling the ears, that's all it does. And you know, sometimes I meet some of my friends, you know, who realize, oh yeah, you're a preacher, yeah, you know, you go to church, you're a Christian, yeah, and you know, I listen to this guy. And the guy they mention, is like, I'm not like this guy. It was great, I, I watched him on TV. Yeah, you know, the guy who was always smiling, you know? Always starts off with a joke. And it was great, and you ask him, what did you learn from that? I don't know, but I felt really good afterwards. <laughs> what Bible? I don't know. Somewhere in the Bible, Genesis? You know, they start quoting Bible books. Ah, but it made me feel good. You know? Sad to say, we find many churches they're doing that. They're straying away from the gospel. They preach to teachers without, without a pure heart, without conscience, without sincere faith, putting aside the gospel, biblical doctrine, and now they're in idle talk. Meaningless stuff. And it's in the pulpit. They're motivational speakers. That's what people want. They want to be told how to feel good about themselves, but not who you really are. When you realize who you are and you realize Jesus is, you feel good. All they do is tickling the ears of the people. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. He writes this, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine according to their own desires because they have itching ears. They want to hear, make me feel good, tell me how great I am. They'll heap up for themselves teachers. We don't like that teacher because he tells me the truth. He's telling me that without Jesus, I go to hell. Yes, that's what the Bible says. But the other teacher, he doesn't bring the, he doesn't give me all that stuff. I don't want. So they heap up from themselves teachers. And they would turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Yeah. How do you use those drones again? Yeah. That made me feel good. I like that story. It's about drones. You know, as for me, I fear God. I fear God because of who he is, number one. I fear God because the responsibility that I have, I do not take it lightly. Because James tells me, James chapter 3, verse 1, he says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. This is serious stuff, because the word of God is serious. Now, the approach of the Bible, scriptures, and church, and sermons has been diluted in so many ways. Oh, church, eh, sermon, oh, okay. You know, I don't take it like that. I will not teach anything outside of the word of God. I will not tickle the ears of people. I'm not going to give you a motivational message about a better you because I'm teaching the Bible. and I depend on the word of God because it's for me too. It's for me too. And if I offend someone with the gospel of Jesus Christ, so be it. So be it. And I'm not going to be sorry because it's the word of God. Don't kill the messenger. I didn't write it. I'm just relating to what the Bible says. Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Jesus? Yeah, that's what Jesus said. And the sword divides families. How many of you who believe in Jesus Christ, you've been turned away from your family because of your faith in Jesus. That's the sword. Separate those who believe and receive the gospel and those who have rejected the gospel. So I'm not going to be a poly. I'm not going to be sorry for the gospel. I'm going to preach the gospel. The gospel is offensive to the world. It is offensive. Even a nativity scene nowadays is offensive.
0: Pastor Eddie Pinero has been digging into the book of 1 Timothy with us here on Running the Race. There's so much more to learn from this New Testament letter, but our time has come to an end for today. Before we go, we'd like to invite you to visit our website to hear more messages from Pastor Eddie head over to runningtheraceradio.com. There, you'll also find a link to our podcast where you can subscribe to receive up-to-date messages each time they're available. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, why not come be a part of our weekly worship service? We gather each Sunday at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. for Bible study, worship, and getting to know each other better. Find more information at runningtheraceradio.com. If you're in a place of blessing due to this radio ministry, and you'd like to know how you can partner with us, we'd gladly accept your support. Here's Jessica to tell you more. Prayers for this ministry would be so appreciated. The opportunity for the lost to be reached over the radio is incredible. So please pray for our listening audience, and that what's shared will alter people's lives forever. Another way you can support us is by prayerfully considering giving in a financial way. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into producing this program, and we're grateful for all who are willing to come alongside us to support the creation of each program. If you feel led to do this, you can find a Give tab at runningtheraceradio.com. We hope you'll join us again next time, right here on Running the Race.